Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Suave Talk podcast presented by Dyer's Top Rods and Turbo. Like Randy Quaid said in Independence Day, hello, boys, I'm back. You picked up your picked up the win at Muskegon this past Friday. How good did it feel to get your first Lucas Oil win of the season? It was a long time coming. Yeah, it was good. I, uh, I've been, feel like I've been getting a little bit better. I really thought I was going to get a win down at East Bay and Miss Kingham was a packed house. Uh, literally, like it was a. I know the CDC probably wouldn't be pumped, but there was a quite a few people there. A lot of the CDC guidelines were being practiced, but it was an awesome crowd. Um, they were super into it, and uh, really, just the track went from one extreme to the other. It had a huge cushion qualifying, like huge cushion. I made three laps, and I made one perfect lap. And the next lap, I spun out, and then someone else spun out, so I got another chance. And the next lap, I drove off the racetrack. So, like, it was super tricky and technical and then in the heat uh heat just you got to kind of know how to race around that place and the feature rubbered about the last 10 laps and one and two and uh i don't know it's just uh it's just my night uh it's kind of uh it's pretty ironic because i've i've made uh, literally a million laps there practicing the big d and devon and all the people that have come up and tested with burner i've always been over there because i used to stay at devon's you know most of the summer and uh, that was actually my first time i'd ever raced there so it was pretty cool to win there um my mom and dad were actually there they flew in to watch this past weekend and i think that was the first uh lucas or i, th- I think that was the first race they've seen me win you know if it wasn't in the last four or five years so it was pretty cool that they were there um the whole moran family was there and uh really it was just good for randall and clint and eric uh you know all of our sponsors it's big people uh you know we had this little hiatus racing and there's a lot of people that still you know help us and contribute to what we're doing and uh you know we hadn't won and it's july 5th you know is when i won so it was like man i don't think or july 3rd or whatever it's like i don't we got to get this thing going like we're, we'll be done racing in two or three months here so it was uh it was it was awesome i was pumped for sure uh them guys were throwing beers from the top shelf and it was it was just a madhouse it was crazy i've never been in a you know i've never gone up in the grandstands they were just a couple people like, hey go in the grandstands because the pa didn't work and uh i think that was really cool it i got you know People were just pumped. And I think that's what makes dirt late model racing, you know, a little bit different than NASCAR. It's not so cookie cutter or whatever. You can kind of do your own thing. And, you know, I got to cut a donut or whatever. And Trolley didn't say anything, but I think in the back of his mind, he's like, man, don't do anything too crazy here because like, he doesn't know what, you know, what I'm going to do. Like, I think he was a little bit worried when I went in the stands, but uh, it was an awesome, awesome night. And uh, Portsmouth was a great racetrack too. Jimmy's I mean, Jimmy's the man. If someone can find out where that gum is coming from, I'll uh, I'd buy every bit of it so he can't have any. Yeah, he's been checked out all season long. He got the win at Portsmouth. But we got a points battle. We are currently third. We were in second before Saturday, but we're knocking at the door for, you know, being in second. Obviously, Jimmy Owens is checked right now. What's it going to take here in the next couple of weeks so we can take that sole possession of second place? Um, You just got to – I mean, Portsmouth, I was in a position to stay in second. and. I, I raced really, really hard with uh, Josh at the beginning of the race, and we bumped and banged a little bit there. And I don't know if something kind of took a took a dump or what, but the last 10, 15 laps, man, I, I'd go low, they'd pass me high, I'd go high, they'd pass me low. I think we had something broken in a bind there. So I just you have to race smart. Like, I, I wasn't going to win at Portsmouth, so I'd have been better off to 
probably just let Josh go and try to ride in fourth or fifth there and just get, get a good finish out of that. But, um, I, I mean, it takes time and we had, we've had a lot of bad luck in the beginning of the year with flat tires and just things not going our way. So I think if we just keep qualifying good and putting ourselves up front, it's a lot easier to stay there. And, um, you know, you never know what can happen. Jimmy's got a huge lead, but, uh, I mean, he, he can either keep it going and stretch it out to the biggest lead in the history of all time, or, uh, you know, something could happen. He could have a couple bad weeks and we could all still be right there in it. So I think we're setting good. And uh, at this point last year, we were in second, but like kind of falling back. And this point this year, we're still climbing. Like, we're like, man, we're getting better and better every weekend. And uh, I think this weekend here will be a big telltale. Uh, Florence is, it, I like the place, but I just, I mean, I've, I've run fourth, fifth, sixth, and then I've run 25th. So it's a, it's not an easy place to get around. And uh, we just need to, just need to be consistent from here on out and get some more wins. That's the main thing. And the other action, our boy, the Wingers, they won this past weekend. Ashton Winger picking up 20 large at Cedar Lake, holding off Brandon Shepard. I mean, Ashton raced a perfect race to hold off one of the best drivers in the country. And then our boy McKay Winger winning his first ever Falls Cup victory. It's good to be a Winger this past weekend. Yeah, the Wingers, they did a good job. I watched McKay at the, the Wednesday night race they had last week or whatever. I was watching it live and he had a really, really good car in that race too. He just, uh, I just think he wasn't comfortable in that thing or whatever. You could kind of tell he was just making some bad decisions there and congrats to him for winning. I know that's huge for him living in Fairbury and being a homer and everyone back in Pontiac. And then Ashton Winger, um, yeah, it's hard to describe the feeling when you win your first big race like that. Uh, he did a lot quicker than I did, I guess. Uh, so congrats to him and Colby, Colby, Colby cut the tire that won the race, but He's still uh, he's still definitely got a lot of work to do. Colby's not. I think Action Winger would win ten times the races if Colby Richmond was ten times the crew guy. So, shots fired, Colby. Say something if you got <laughs> something, but I don't think he does. Yeah, Ashton Winger wins on Friday. You won on Friday, and Bobby Pierce won on Friday. So the young bloods making a statement this past week. It was good to see. Yeah, we all like cushion. We all like running the cushion. And uh, at some point in the night, I think at every one of those places, we were all on the cushion. Let's keep this show rolling. Berkey of the week. Turbo, you go first. Who is your Berkey of the week? My Berkey of the week is Kenny Canada. Costing <laughs> uh, another person on the group rule. Um, it's, I mean, it's kind of, I just, I guess that you can say that they are definitely enforcing the rules and you can't, you can't be mad at them for enforcing the rules. But in the same breath, man, that sucks to, for Ricky Weiss to be able to win the race, get on the stage, you know, stand on the roof, whatever, and then they say, oh, well, you really didn't win. Sorry, you were a quarter-inch high, one-inch high, a part broke, whatever. Like, I mean, it sucks. I uh, I know that it's, it is good that they're enforcing the rules or whatever, but, man, that's, that's really disheartening for, you know, a guy like that. It's not easy to win these races and for him to get thrown out after they do it. I just wish they would – I wish they would have checked in before it happened because the same thing happened in the third down in Florida where he drove past the truck and there was a big disagreement of, you know, he never told him to go to the truck and this and that. So I just wish them guys, if you're going to get DQ'd, don't ever write my name on the check or, you know, let him, let that guy go to victory lane. Because at that point, everyone there knows I won. You know, if, if you throw him out, as soon as they throw the checker, go jack him up, check it, whatever, that's fair enough. But I, I don't think that they should be able to go to victory lane, do all that, and then get thrown out. I think as soon as the ink hits the, hits the check, it's yours. I mean, any way you look at it, I think Dennis Herb won that race of Volusia, and everybody would say Ricky won the race at Cedar Lake this weekend. So that's my Berkey of the Week, Ken Canada, 
um, laying down the law, I guess. There's a new sheriff in town. Yeah, and like uh, Casey Schumann said, we don't want to be black. We just want to be black and white about it. So they had to enforce the rule there. But just imagine if that was a hundred thousand dollar victory at the Dream, and that piece doesn't really cost fifteen cents, does it? Yeah, yeah, uh, man. I, I'm telling you, it put me at a loss for words. I know me and Kenny wouldn't be basis after after it all went down. If that was me, I promise you, part failure or not, I would definitely be a little upset. My Berkey of the week is the Heat. Of course, the Summer Nationals got pushed back to this tomorrow, Wednesday, July 8th. And for the next 15 days, the heating index is going to be between 100 and 110. There's no in-between. There's not going to be any less. It is going to be a miserable, hot start for the UMP Hell Tour. And it's just crazy, Turbo. It seemed like we were just in the springtime when COVID was closing out everything, and then all of a sudden we're in you know beginning of July, and it's going to be 110 degrees. It feels like we had no really summer. It's just getting hot and heavy early. Yeah, the heat the heat was definitely real. When we got to Muskingum, it was like, I mean, it was blistering hot. And then uh, I actually at Portsmouth, I I guess I didn't eat enough or drink enough water. And uh, like right before hot laps, I was like, man, I don't feel good. So I come in the truck for a second tried to go to the bathroom and I couldn't get none to come up. And I was like, I've been in this position. And normally it's like three 30 AM PRI Indy downtown. I was like, I got to throw up. That's the only thing that's going to fix this. And I, I, uh, I, I was standing there and Caitlin was standing behind me. She's like, you want me to gag you? I'll gag you. I was like, no, 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 you're not putting your thing in my mouth. I was like, come on Tyler. It's being a little girl, like pull the trigger, just do it. And I, I threw up and I threw up, I had uh B-dub for lunch there. And once I threw up, dude, I had a, two bottles of water, brushed my teeth, and I was like, all right, I'm ready to go now. Like, I guess the heat just got to me. And two or three other people there, they said they got, you know, like a little bit of heat exhaustion or whatever. So definitely stay hydrated. It's, it's not going to get any cooler in the next month or so. And hopefully uh, this is when we can shine. This is all the off-season, you know, cardio and gym time and basketballing and hooping. Uh, it'll pay off for us all. Yeah, I mean, these summer national guys, they have – 11 races in 12 days coming up and it's gonna be that hot those guys are the real heroes right now i think oh yeah yeah when sam and the rest of the crew rolls in there and all those diehards that'll be there for seven days straight uh they are uh yeah they're, they're committed that's for sure i i i am gonna do it before i die i've said it and i'll continue to say it i'm gonna run the entire thing hopefully uh normal schedule not a covid schedule and uh It'll be it'll be awesome when I do, and I'll make sure I'm in the best shape of my life. Well, our next guest this week is the announcer, Ruben Morales. He's from the Southwest. He's used to this dry heat. Will he be able to handle this 110 hot and humid weather? That's a big question to ask for him. No, the humidity is totally different. I, you, if you live down in the dry heat, it, it has nothing on the humid heat. There's, there's nothing like waking up in the morning, taking a shower, going outside, and just sweating every bit of liquid out of your body and then trying to go about your day so i don't think he's ready for it really let's find out turbo here's our guest the lit man ruben morales joining us now on the integra shocks and springs hotline is the most lit man in the pit area ruben morales ruben i'm glad you actually found some time for this interview considering you're a celebrity now after being on cbs bud Oh, stop it. I'm no celebrity, Slav. I'm just a lucky fan doing what I love to do, going up and down the road. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, this summer national is going to be interesting because I, I was supposed to be with you at 130, but then we tried stopping like at four places to eat in Tennessee and Kentucky, and everything shut down. So we go to Indiana, and finally we find a place to eat. So 
Summer Nationals is going to be interesting trying to eat. You're the voice of the Summer Nationals. It starts tomorrow at B-Town, Brownstown. How pumped are you on a scale of 1 to 10 and explain why you're that excited? I mean, considering that we, I mean, were we even going to have Summer Nationals like back in like the spring to now, I'm so fired up. I mean, everyone in Dirt Car and World Racing Group has done a phenomenal job getting this together. I'm, I'm pretty... Pretty excited. It's going to be lit tomorrow at the Brownstown Speedway, especially Brownstown, because that's one of my top five favorite race tracks. Give us some Kevin Kovac notes for the 2020 edition of the Hell Tour. What has your eyes thinking about this tour coming up? Well, of course, the big talk of Shannon Babb switching over to Team Zero race cars. Uh, can he tie or pass Moyer on the all-time win list with 100? He's stuck at 98. He got that one win last year at Highland. Then you look at Bobby Pierce. Bobby Pierce won the Summer Nationals three years in a row. And then he went with Dunn Benson and then came back last year and only got one win. That's very unusual for the smooth operator. Uh, so seeing Bobby coming back this year, uh, I know he mentioned that he might not do the whole thing unless he gets off to a good start. So if he gets off to a good start, that'd be cool. And then Shirley, of course. I mean, Shirley um, pulling off Lucas, not coming back, had a good start at, at Avado and then uh, went to the Wild West shootout. That's going to be good. And then uh, it's, it's just Tyler Carpenter. How can you not, you know, talk about Tyler Carpenter? One of the big Gateway Dirt Nationals. That was big for him. Uh, he, he's just a character. He's he's going to be fun to, to talk to and just see on the racetrack every single night. And, uh, I mean, yeah, how, how about Kevin Weaver and a kryptonite? I mean, Kevin's just going to give him the good note, and those kryptonites are going to be hard to beat this year. Club K, baby. Turbo, you got anything for Ruben? This is your first time to interview Ruben instead of the one him asking the questions. I mean, did you not forget Ryan Gustin's on tour, or did I miss you saying that? Yeah. No, no, and, and Ryan Gustin's another one. I mean, 103 wins tied with Rodney Sanders on the all-time win list with USMTS, two USMTS championships, the Reaper. I'm super excited for that. I mean, I grew up watching USMTS. USRA, I've always been a USMTS guy. Uh, and to see Ryan come on tour is outstanding. And, and, and you know, hats off to them, because I know they had a shot fire a couple weeks ago. Their crew guy, you know, uh, speedy recovery for him. But they, got, they went to Rocket, got new cars, and then went to South Carolina to get the engine going. So I think Ryan Gustin's going to be like in victory lane. Hey, I, I feel it. I feel it for the summer national. The way the way you just hit me with those those stats and facts there. I mean, you don't just you don't just come up with all that off the top of your head. Honestly, tell people. I mean, the type of work you put into this and how long it's taken you. Because like I, I mean, I'm a race fan and I can memorize quite a bit of things. But like the amount of knowledge and the depth that you have, you know, I I know that this is like this is your dream. You know, you've told me and like. Just kind of give people like an idea, like this is an all-year deal, like you getting ready for the summer nationals and prepping for this and knowing every everything you need to know, you know that and more. So just kind of tell people, I mean, what do you do? Like, do you study? Do you have a study sesh? Do you go to, you know, do you have drinky poos and then like try to like come up with stuff off the top of your head? Like, how do you get it all going? He comes up to me half the time asking how to say the driver's names because he's not used to it. So he is a sponge. So let's hear it, Ruben. Well, it's honestly preparation starts right after summer nationals like i have a document it's an excel document where i have all my drivers the chassis engines up to 10 sponsors and accomplishments and i try to keep that updated throughout the whole year like for example if tyler herb wins the world 100 i'm going to put that under my tyler herb deal you know it's just big stats like that and i keep up to it because my passion is late models i grew up with garrett alberson uh that was my high school job working with garrett in the shop so i know everything about late models um so i just always keep uh drivers uh, updated with their sponsors and chassis and engine builders keep up with you know everything that's going on with those manufacturers and then um, the stats-wise, I just, I mean, Dirt on Dirt is such a great resource for late model uh, information. So I, I went on there and, you know, told myself, I'm going to memorize all these champions and, 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 you know, know all the stats. It's important. Uh, fans are, are paying to come into a racetrack or watch on Dirt Vision 
or dirt on dirt or whatever it is, and they deserve what their money's worth. I mean, these fans could go somewhere else for their entertainment destination. And as an announcer, we are not the show, but we are a big part of the show. And my personal opinion, we got to give them a show. So might as well, you know, supply them with those stats. I think it's always cool so the fans could know and, you know, give drivers exposure and their sponsors. Because their sponsors, they don't have to sponsor a race car going around a racetrack. But they do. And, you know, give them a little plug. I think it's important. So it's a lot of preparation going into the Summer Nationals, especially because it's a big tour. But uh, I, I contact drivers, uh, get their information, either at the track or before the track. I look at uh, the history of, of, you know, track champions and past winners and champions and stuff like that. and tie it all in together. And when I get to the racetrack, it's hard to explain, but it's kind of like a natural thing. It just comes naturally and it just... I just say it over the mic. All right, you're on up and down the road. You just got done eating at Cracker Barrel. I got to know, what's some of your favorite Hell Tour food stops in the Midwest? There's got to be a couple. Oh, my God. My favorite Hell Tour food stop has to be uh, the Machine Shed in Davenport, Iowa. That place is outstanding. We went there last year. The best country fried steak I've ever had. That's why Tyler probably doesn't like Cracker Barrel. Because, I mean, you, com- you compare Cracker Barrel to the Machine Shed, and it's like night and day different. Um Definitely. I mean, high. We, we, we really honestly don't eat uh, at high-end places a lot. Honestly, at the end of the night, it's really steak and shake. During the day, it's kind of like Jersey Mike's or, or a sub or something. So really, um, I mean, Kenny's, honestly, I mean, uh, we really don't eat at high-end places. But I mean, if I had to put one at the machine shed in Davenport, Iowa. Okay. I want to know, you started at a young age, and I'm going to tell our listeners, 2014, I think, Wild West shootout, you're announcing a I think a Hornet race, and it's like a race of the year. There's sliders everywhere. You're just this young, full of buzz kid going bananas. And I remember this story. You're like, Suave, I was announcing this Hornet race, and all of a sudden I look over, and Michael Rigsby puts his thumbs up and says, Great job, Ruben. And I just remember that day. I was so honored. Like, I could not believe that. Michael Rigsby's literally saying I'm doing a good job. So you started at a very, very young age. So tell us, tell the listeners out there, how would you get started? And now you're a Summer Nationals guru. Well, when I was little, my dad still owns a maintenance company back in uh, back home. And he was buying uh, four acres across the mountain from us to store all his equipment. And one day we were building a shop. Um, and uh, we were, actually, we were building a Walmart, I think. It was building a Walmart. And the contractor told me, you can't be here. And it was on a Sunday because they had to reach a deadline. And the contractor, <laughs> the guy in charge, sent me home. So I went home. And I'm the boringest person to talk to when it comes to movies and TV shows because I really don't watch much. I, I, I mean, if anything, I have time to play a little bit of video games. But, like, I went home that Sunday, and I started turning on the TV. And I was like, all right, I'll watch TV for once. And it was NASCAR. So I got into NASCAR, and I started watching racing. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. So I'm, like, eight years old at this point. And when my dad bought this, uh, this acres, these acres, we built a shop, and we're, we put tile, we put this newspaper over. Well, this newspaper had an advertisement for El Paso Speedway Park, and I was like, whoa, El Paso Speedway Park? NASCAR doesn't come to El Paso. So we got involved, and I told my dad to take me. This was like in March and, or something like that, and my dad didn't take me until like July. It took forever, but it was the 4th of July show celebrating America's birthday at El Paso, and fireworks. It was a modified night. It was really good. And my dad got hooked, but my dad's like, this is good for like once a month. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like they race every Friday. We got to come. So it was, it, it started becoming a thing. I taught my dad how the points work, how the track changes, how the cars are different, how everything comes into play in racing. And it's not just circles. And my dad got hooked. So we started going to Southern New Mexico Speedway and Cruces. And then, 
I told my dad, I want a race car. Well, we didn't know what we were doing. We were just going to buy a race car. I mean, there's so much of these cars. The engineering is unreal. And we wouldn't know what we were doing. So there was this old couple that would sit in front of us. They're the sweetest couple you'll ever meet. And they would always root on this number 12 car, 12 modified. But he'd always run like 22nd, 23rd, like towards the end. And we're like, man, they have so much pride in his driver, even though he's not, you know, not performing that well. And we loved them. So the next year, my dad sponsored us. And we would always sit with him in El Paso. And we went to cruises. We sat with his parents and his grandparents and this lady named Candace. And Candace knew everybody at the racetrack. She knew the announcer, the, everybody. So it was championship night. And my dad sponsored that car. And he won the championship that night. It was super cool. So we turned his whole program around. And Candace heard me uh, talking to Rob. Rob was the driver's name. Um, in the grandstands. And I told Rob, hey, Rob, do you think, or uh, yeah, I was like, hey, do you think Rob would build a race car? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he built you a race car real quick. And I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. And he told me, he's like, but can I tell you one thing and, and you won't get hurt? And I'm like, what's that? He's like, you wouldn't be a good race car driver. And I'm like, what do you mean I wouldn't be a good race car driver? And he's all like, you'd be, you'd be good for, like, writing the articles or something. And keep in mind, I'm in eighth grade at this time. And, uh, like, I, I was not very good at writing then. And the reason he said that was because if I like the driver, I don't like them, ooh, because I like their paint scheme or I like their, their number or stuff like that. I like the driver because of their story. And that's why me and my dad, uh, well, my dad really sponsored Rob Madrid because of his story. This guy built his own stuff. He did everything by himself. He was very unconscious. But he's a wizard when that stuff. He can have fun. So that's what made me respect him. So that night, Candace overheard our conversation, and my dad had a bad ankle at the time. So Candace would take me to the pits because I'm only 12 years old. And uh, I'd get the driver's autograph, even though I had it like a thousand times already. And uh, she stopped and talked to the announcer. And she told Brian, Brian Holbert, who is now the AFCS National Tour announcer. She told Brian, hey, Brian, I know someone that loves to do your job. And uh, I'm like, okay, come on, lady. Like in my head, like I want to go talk to the driver. Because we've been there for a couple minutes already. And she's like, Ruben right here. And I'm like, whoa, no, 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 no. Like I never even thought about announcing. You're crazy. And yeah. And, and then. He's all like, sure, I'll give you the two trophy dashes next week if you come up to the tower. And I'm like, oh, okay, challenge accepted. So the next week we go to Cruces. Uh, it's spring car championship night or something like that. And I go up to the tower and there's two trophy dashes, four cars, four laps, $100 to win in a trophy. Stock cars are up first. Brian gives me the list. He's all like, all right, here are the drivers. I'm like, thanks, Brian, but I already know the guys. I don't need the list. Let's do this. So I, I did the first four laps and I'll tell you what, I blew the roof off that place even though we don't have a roof. And like, he was like, oh, wow, like, you did really well, but let's not get too excited. Sprint cars are next. Are you sure you want to do the sprint cars, or you want me to do them? They're a little too fast. And I'm like, give me the mic. Let's go. So I did the four sprint car drivers, and I'll tell you what, I've never seen anyone's dog glued to the floor. Brian over it, and his parents were so impressed. They're like, holy cow, this 12-year-old just came up here and did what he just did over the mic. Like, that was so impressive. So everyone after that just kept telling me, you got big shoes to fill. You got big shoes to fill. The videographer, the photographer, the manager, the cook, and just everybody kept telling me, you got big shoes to fill. You got big shoes to fill. Like, what are you guys telling me about? And they just kept saying that. So finally, uh, they finally told me, they're like, you come to every race. Just listen to Brian at the very last race. So it's the AFCS National Tour Weekend, November 2nd, 2012, something like that, and 2011. And Steve Tinter came and whooped them. And so Brian is finished interviewing Steve, and he breaks into his speech. And he's like, all right, race fans, well, I got good news and I got bad news. The good news is the AFCS National Tour has picked me up to be their touring announcer. The bad news is I'm no longer your announcer. So everyone's like, oh, because Brian was really good, and he is good. He's one of the best in the business. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like it's my turn. Like, let's go, baby. So that over over the offseason, I, I, I got a Facebook. I contacted Royal Jones, the owner of Messiah Valley Transportation, which you see on almost every national car on the circuit nowadays. And uh, he gave me the opportunity. I met in his office on December 6th. 
11th and uh, he gave me the do's and don'ts and went over everything. And ever since then, I've just been grinding away. That is a phenomenal story, Ruben. You were just there at the right place at the right time. But I got to ask you, I'm putting you on the spot. Rate, rank your top five favorite announcers in order. You can't BS around the bush. I know you get nervous about all this stuff, but who are your favorite announcers? Uh, that's, a tough, that's a tough one because there's so many good uh, announcers in the business. But my number one, I've said it a long time, is going to be Dustin Jarrett. He's so smooth, articulate, very knowledgeable, and he has a big passion, and his personality goes a long way. Uh, I really love DJ. He probably doesn't even know this, but he's definitely my number one. I, I'm, I'm sorry. He's number one. I love him to death. Um, number two, that's tough because, I mean, you have two national series with light models. James Essex and, and Rick Esselman, they're both pretty good. Uh, there's going to be a tie for second there. I mean, those guys. And third, I mean, I'm going to go a little bit out of the, the late model world. I really like Brian Holbert. Brian Holbert, of course, I mean, he's the, one of the guys that, you know, I, I looked up to and I kind of followed his path. He was really good. Uh, he does a lot of, you know, ASCS National Tour. Chris Steppen is outstanding. He's the first announcer I ever worked with. He's in my top four, top five. I mean, that's hard. I mean, it, it could be like Donnie Gibson or Shane Andrews or Chet Christner. Or, and, oh, man, I, and I'm going to go with, like, okay, I'll say I'll go with Johnny Gibson. Johnny Gibson is so by the book. He's so clean. He's just very professional, and I love that. I am not talking to you ever again. You forgot Mike Norris on the list, so we're officially not friends. <laughs> Mike Norris is the best. I mean, he's, you know, he's such a character. He's my favorite announcer to announce with on the Summer Nationals. I'll never forget my first year. He's announcing the 50-50 ticket, and he's all like, just remember, the announcer's thirsty. And the guy that won the 50-50 brought him two big old bush lights. He just started drinking them while we're announcing. And I was like, this is wild. <laughs> All right, no, uh, no. keep going. Keep going. Uh, Sorry, I cut you off. There's just there's there's just so many good announcers. I mean, like Ben Shelton. I mean, oh my God, Ben's so good. Uh, I mean, I don't know. There's, I mean, there's just so many good announcers. That's hard to do because there's just so many good ones. I right. mean, yeah. Turbo, you got anything for him? Feelings. I love you all. Okay, I got a good one for you. Okay, we're gonna have an announcer's movie per se, or something like that. You gotta announce with one. You gotta be enemies with one, and you've gotta co-host with one. So the one that you're announcing with will be like you're in the infield, he's up top. The co-host, you're both doing a pregame show for the race, whatever. And then you've got an enemy announcer, like he's announcing something, and you're like, no, 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 no. He's it's fake news. It's fake news. Give me your three people that you're gonna do that with. Okay, so in the pits and me up in the tower, definitely Ben Shelton. Ben, badass pit reporter. He's number one, number one pit reporter in the country, I would say, easily, hands down. Um, to co-host, uh, pre-race, oh, man, that's actually really good. You know, you know what? I'm going to pick Norris because me and Norris just have that, like, kind of connection, and we're really, like, you know, just open. And it's kind of like that DJ and Essex chemistry in a way. They're just so cool with each other. I'd go with, with Essex. Now the uh, – uh, sorry, um, Norris. Now with the enemy one, hmm, that's pretty interesting. Definitely not – well, I already picked Ben, but not Ben because he beat me off. He's 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 pretty he's pretty built. Um, enemy one, yeah. You know, I'm gonna. Oh man, that's a good one. I'm gonna go with. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Rick Esselman just because Rick will probably just say like funny racist jokes towards me, which I'm, I'm like, you know, <laughs> accepted already. It's funny. So he probably, and I could I, and I could outrun him any day, so I'll be fine. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Now yeah. I know off of all that. Now give me your five. Just give me your five favorite racers. You can pick five classes. So we'll just say a late model, a sprint car, a mod, a sport mod. That's big where you're at. And then you give me a all class. It could be a mini mod, go kart, whatever. Give me your five favorite racers to announce 
I mean, you could, they could be your favorite forever. Just who are your favorite to announce? Like, you can be like, man, I can say some good shit. This guy's out there racing or, you know, whatever. So give me your first five right now. Late models first. Okay, so my number one late model driver of all time, and this is this, he's been my number one for a long time. I actually have a picture of him autographed uh, in my room. It's Jimmy Mars. And the reason why I say Jimmy Mars, and Jimmy Mars is under his car, wrenching on the right rear. And he's like, hey, Ruben. And I'm like, whoa, Jimmy Mars knows my name. That's cool. So Jimmy Ward actually took me under his car while he was working on it and, and taught me some stuff about it. I forgot what it was because I was just so damn excited that he knew my name and he brought me under his car. But when Jimmy Mars did that, that was super cool, especially because of how knowledgeable he is with NB Custom Race Cars and everything. So Jimmy is, is my all-time favorite, and, and that's why. Sprint car driver? Oh, my God. I mean, I really don't watch much sprint car driving, but if I had to pick, pick a sprint car driver that's my favorite, uh, I'm going to go with Logan Schuhart. Logan Schuhart started... Uh, with, you know, with, with the equipment that he had running the World of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series. Uh, and, and look at him now. He has the driving sponsorship. He's super humble. Every interview that he has, he always thanks everybody. Uh, Sprint Car, I'm going to go with Logan Shugart just because it's so humble he is. Um, modified? Oh, my God, that, that's hard. Because uh, I could go with one of my locals, like Jake Gallardo, or I could go with, like, a badass, like Mike McKinney. Uh, you know, I'm going to say Mike McKinney because the very first day of Summer Nationals I'm announcing out here, um, was 2018 and i'm nervous i'm like a nervous wreck because it's my first time out here in the midwest i'm announcing like one of the baddest tours on the planet and i'm getting some driver info and i go up to mike mckinney and he's like hey are you that kid from new mexico that announced the fall nationals on racing dirt i'm like yeah that's me he's like dude you're a badass and i'm like whoa that's cool so like 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 i was a nervous wreck and like he just like boosted my confidence and uh, with with modifies i'm gonna go with mike mckinney um Xbox, I'm gonna go with the guy that my dad sponsored, Rob Madrid. He he's the one that basically kind of got me here in a way, because uh, if it wasn't for him, Candace would have never overheard that conversation with his dad. So I'm gonna go with Rob Madrid. He's one of my locals back home, and uh, I think that's about it. Give me a chili bowl card. Give me a chili bowl card. You're at the chili bowl. You're announcing. Who are you picking? Oh, chili bowl. Uh, uh, oh my, I, I really don't watch the chili bowl, but I, I'm gonna go with um, you know, let's see. I mean, I guess the guy. Well, no. I would say Christopher Bell, but I know he's won it a lot. And I, I know Kyle Larson, I guess, won it for, like, the first time, I guess, this year. So I'd go with Kyle Larson because you know he's going to be ripping the fence down and, like, getting it done, like, trying to beat Christopher Bell. So I'm going to go with, with with Kyle Larson. Let's get this straight here, Turbo. He didn't pick me for announcer to work with. He didn't pick you for driver. So why the hell do we have this guy on here? <laughs> first and last time. First and last time, Ruben. Never again. You got your shot. We're never bringing it back. How's it make you feel? How's it make you feel though, Turbo? That he knows Caitlin before he knew you. So that's like, does that ever get you a little nervous or anything? I mean, hey, you didn't tell me to pick my top five late models. If I would have picked my top five yeah, late models, Turbo, it's cool. You it's, cool. Been there. it's cool. It's cool, Ruben. I see how it is. I see how it is. No, I love you guys. I'll never forget Tyler when uh, I walked into uh, Plymouth, Indiana two years ago, and he just recognized me right off the bat. You also boosted my confidence. That was kind of like a B. Mike McKinney moment as well. So, no, I love you and Swab. Swab. Have you ever heard about the Gilly story, Turbo? Oh, oh my, that story should not be told on Swab's podcast. Can we do a PG? PG? No, Gill Street Bar and Grill, we call it Gillies, but the PG version. Ruben, just tell him what happened. You don't have to tell all the full details, but what did happen that magical night? Me and you got lit. <laughs> were you singing? That's old, all I'm gonna say. Were you singing Old Town Road? 
<laughs> we, we were singing Old Town Road with Gordy Gundaker, and Gordy wanted me to put uh, on the four wide sleeve for the Summer Nationals somehow put Old Town Road, mix it in there. But I, I don't know. I I really don't remember. <laughs> You're from the Southwest. It's dry heat. Did you see the weather coming up? Humid, 100 to 110. How is my little boy Ruben going to be able to handle this wet, damp, humid heat when you're not used to it? How, what's some um, some tips and pointers you can give some people? I, I prefer 110 degrees in a dry heat than 80%, 100% humidity uh, here in the Midwest. It, 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 oh, it, it's terrible. But, I mean, nah, we'll be, we'll be surviving. I know we'll uh, have the, the chest full of water, but, uh, no, I mean, it's... It, it's all part of it. That's the fun part about the health tour. That's what makes it kind of feel the health tour. Granted, it is 46 days this year, but that's, that's what makes it. Like, all the crews start working at the end of the night, and that, that's kind of what we do, too. You know, like, we just, I don't know, just, uh, I, mean, I really don't know. I mean, it's just, it's all part of it. It's, it makes it fun. Three tracks you're looking forward to. What's the three bucket list tracks that, if you're coming on the Summer Nationals for the first time, they have the overall package, the fans, the racing, the atmosphere, um, let's see, the people are nice. What are three tracks you always look forward to? Okay, so the the top track for sure, my number one has to be Macon. Macon is just a badass. It's a little bull ring. There's no bad seat in the house. Uh it's it, it's outstanding. I mean I, I mean I love Gordy and it'd be great to see him go three in a row this year. Him and Bobby, uh outstanding there, the drama that's been built. I mean, come on, Fairbury's always it has to be on the bucket list. And uh the the other one, I mean Oh, man, I really like Highland. Highland's really good. Like, last year, there were three, four wide in that little place. Those are, like, must-go-to racetracks on the Summer Nationals. And, of course, Brownstown. Brownstown's easily my top five that we're starting on Wednesday. I love that place. And if I have to throw a fifth one on there, Farmer City. I mean, remember the finish last year with Gordy, Babb, and, and Pierce. This is I love those. Illinois Bull Rings, baby. Illinois Bull Rings. Uh, Turbo, you got anything for him before we get to the last uh, question? Yeah, I got one more thing for you, Ruben. This is going to be hard because I know you're like a – you can give a whole description in two seconds and it's like seven sentences. So I'm going to give you some things that are Summer Nationals related, and you only get to choose one word to describe it. Some of them won't be Summer Nationals related. I got a couple things here. You have to give me one word to describe what I'm going to give you. It might be a track, a person, or whatever, but you have to give me just one word. You can't, you can't get and tell the whole thing. You just got to give me the best one-word description of what I'm going to tell you. So. The first thing is going to be steak and shake. Oh, disgusting. Disgusting. Fair enough. Next one, Johnny Scott. My hero. Hero. Stormy Scott. Badass. Peoria Speedway. Fun. <laughs> it's such an off description of what we were just getting. We're getting such a big description and fun is the best you come up here. Okay. Uh, all right, we got we got like two or three more here. You ready? Yeah. Double file restart. Exciting. Smoking Sam Driggers. Legendary. I was gonna say all Johnny Cash. He said legendary. Okay. Last one, Eric Grigsby on the race receiver after the 14th time. He said, all right, guys, get in line. He's losing it. Even though Eric's not calling it anymore, he's what outlaws. One-word description, Eric Grigsby, I mean, he is on the race receiver just MFing people. Grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. That was good, Tom. I thought that would be good because I know Ruben wants – he wants to be like, 
he wants to get the whole like description of it, but he's like, oh, I had to make the first Oh, if we would have said something about it, he would be talking still about the first one you asked. But our last question, Ruben, <laughs> we do a driver assessment of Tyler Herb. As you can see, we're getting hotter as the season goes on because the more and more guests we have on the show, the more intel, the more assessments we've been getting, and we're making Turbo into the best driver possible. By the end of the weekend, we're going to be second in points in the Lucas Oil Series. So I want you to give your honest letter grade to Tyler Erb. What does he need to improve on? What's he a badass in? What is his driver assessment for Tyler Erb? We need it from Ruben Morales now. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's, he, he's himself. He's created his own brand, literally and not literally. Um, Tyler is just very outgoing. One thing I wish I had, like, I'm not very good at, like, talking and being funny and stuff, and Tyler has that. Like, he's very outgoing and talking to people. Uh, race car driver, he says it how it is. I mean, some some drivers may not agree with him on the things that he says, but, I mean, he's just straight up dead honest. I mean, look, look at last year at Tri-City with him and Bronson. He clearly said it. Bronson wanted it more. I didn't. It's just the way it is, and he didn't sugarcoat it. That's the thing about, about Tyler. Uh, he just says it as it is, and the fans appreciate that. I don't think there's anything he could really improve on, honestly. I mean, uh, I got to win more races. Truth. What do you mean? I, I got to well, be number well, one in the. Well, yeah, that, that's also very true. You, you got to go dominate the Lucas Tour and uh, come join us on the Summer National. I think that's what you got to do. You got to come on the Hell Tour with me and swap. You can't last. Give me a letter grade. Give me a letter grade. <laughs> I'm going to go with A. Plus. You're honestly <laughs> an American badass. That's what I'm talking you're about. Hell, you're, 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 you're back on the show for another week. <laughs> Ruben, you're a true American badass, Tyler. I he, appreciate you. He's an A plus American badass, but if his driver driving assessments an A plus, what is Brandon Shepherd's or Jimmy Owens right now? Oh extra my God, credit. they're like <laughs> yeah, extra credit. It's, it's, it's that student that has like 107 percent in the class, and I'm over here struggling to get a C. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ruben, I know That's you're busy. Well, Ruben, I know you're busy. You're getting ready to to get to Brownstown, get that place set up for a big Summer Nationals night. And Turbo, is this breaking news that you're actually going to be there this weekend? Or tomorrow? We're going to be B-Town bound uh, tomorrow. We're actually, me and a buddy Kyle Bronson, he stayed at the shop all week. Uh, we've had some four-wheeler races. His kid, we got him on a go-kart track. And uh, we're all ready for Brownstown. And then next week, Ruben, I'll be with you all week uh, starting, what is Monday? after three? We race 300, then the next night is... Uh, Monday's Bob off maybe? day. Monday's off day. Tuesday is Plymouth, Plymouth, Indiana. Plymouth, Plymouth Indiana, which you've been. And then we have LaSalle, yeah. Boone River, Harbor City, Highland. It's a fun week. We'll, we'll be, we'll be, uh, definitely be from Tuesday to Thursday. And then we go back Lucas racing. So we're going to get, we're going to get four good days of all of us just, uh, you know, hashing it up on the summer nationals, I guess. I cannot wait. Ruben, you oh, excited, yeah. buddy? Are you lit? Oh, I'm pretty excited. Like, it's starting to kick in. We left Concord yesterday, stayed in Kentucky last night. We're, getting, we're about, like, 10 minutes from the racetrack right now. I'm really fired up. It's finally the Hell Tour season. Like, it's just the best month of racing on the planet. I get to be with you and the best late model drivers in the country for a whole month. It's going to be badass. Well, Ruben, you have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow, bud. For sure. Thank you guys for having me on here. Also, shout-out to all the fans, all the sponsors that support our deal. It's a, it's a fun deal. I love you fans, and thank you, everybody, for tuning into this Swap Talk. Presented by... Uh, Dyer's Pop Rod. Turbo, that interview with Ruben was lit, as he would say, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It, it's lit. He's a he's an awesome, awesome kid. I met him a long time ago there in Arizona, and 
just uh, you've never met a guy that's so excited, you know, and so pumped to do his job. And that, that's honestly what – that's what everybody needs. Everybody needs a fresher breath of air like that. And Ruben, he, uh, he's my fresh breath of fresh air, I guess. All right, we didn't do this segment the last time. We just talked about Kyle Larson and his domination, which, by the way, Casey Schumann came up to me. He's like, yeah, he's that good this past weekend. But we're doing our Ask Jeeves segment. We're keeping the Hell Tour theme. What is the Dirt Car Summer Nationals? And I got a little bit of history here. It started in 1986. Guess who won the first ever Summer Nationals title, if you could guess? Kevin Weaver. Nope. The... Modern day cowboy John Gill. It was only six races, so it's safe to say the Hell Tour is expanded since 1986. Yeah, John Gill. He's a legend. I honestly, I don't, I don't even think I've ever met him, but I, I know of him. I know the car, and uh, you know, I've heard how good he was. So that's crazy to see. Uh, just think about all the different names. If you, if John Gill was the first, and who won last year, Squirrel, and just everyone in between there, there's there's a lot of good racers that have taken part in it. Well, just listen to this. Here's some winners that have won the series: John Gill, Scott Bloomquist, Bob Pierce, Billy Moyer, Rick Auckland, Shannon Babb, Dennis Herb Jr., Don O'Neill, Bobby Pierce, like Brandon Shepard. That is a stat group. And Don O'Neill has always said, if you have if you were a racer, you have to run the Summer Nationals at least once in your career. And kind of the Summer Nationals was a little bit before, you know, a national touring series. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, definitely before my time, but it's a, uh, I mean, it's legendary. I don't think you could, I don't think you could ever replace what it is and, you know, the history behind it. it it's awesome to be able to race, you know, every single day for a, a I mean, it's a moderately good purse, I guess. I don't even think that's a word what I just said. I just made up a word right there. But it's a really good purse for, a, you know, a one-day quick hitter. Some nights there's 20 cars. Some nights there's 50. So I don't think uh, I don't think there's another series like that. The, the Ray Cook stuff is definitely close. But just, uh, you know, the smoke that you race night in and night out up there, and it, it's on their home turf, much like the Ray Cook stuff. But, I mean, there's nothing like Summer Nationals. That was that was one of my favorite things to ever watch, you know, as a as a kid growing up. I could I could spend every summer when I get home from school, I could watch all the highlights from the night before on the computer and stuff and it was just it was awesome, man. That's that's the most racing you could watch in a short period of time. Yeah, when you were younger and not racing as much full time and you were a big dirt on dirt fan, what was your first thoughts of the Hell Tour? Bab. What do you mean? Bab. <laughs> every night. Every night I'd watch Bab. That's all they did. Shannon Babb to the cushion. Shannon Babb. Shannon Babb. Shannon Babb. That's all you ever heard. It was all, I. I love. I was like, this guy's awesome. Like Rayburn, three wheeling, sitting on the right. Then he had a victory circle, I think, when I watched it quite a bit. And like, he won like every night. Like every night I tuned in, Shannon Babb was winning in the chance to win, or he almost won. Yeah, he has ninety-eight career victories. Billy Moyer is 100, so I think one day Shane and Babel will eventually pass him. The funny thing is, they're at 198. Don O'Neill has 39. That's how much of a differential between first and second and third is. Like Those two guys have dominated virtually my entire life on the UMP Summer Nationals. Yeah, I mean, he, he lives in a perfect location right there. He can he can wait until, you know, normally he waits until April starts racing, and then, uh, you know, he gets his 30. 30 to 40 races in in about two months and then he's pretty much good he runs three more crown jewels at the end of the year and loads her up for the year and goes hunting so i'm a i'm jealous i wish i could have raced with shannon babb you know 15 20 years ago and been right there with him in his prime and you know maybe gave him a run for his money him and billy i got one final thought here owens versus brandon shepherd i tweeted the other day after sheppy won on saturday and owens won on saturday here's my quote 
I have a feeling that Brandon Shepard and Jimmy Owens are headed for a collision course ending for 2020. Buckle up. I think those two have kind of separated themselves here lately. Mike, kind of right on that. Those two guys seem to keep winning every weekend on their respected series. We need a crown jewel to see these two battle it out again. Yeah, I, I mean, right now there is no signs of Jimmy slowing down or Shep. So, um, and it, Jimmy just had the last three or four years. He he had a really really fast car and probably should have won twenty more races than he did. Just you know, he broke at Mansfield. He's broke at Eldora. He's broke or had, you know, an issue at a lot of these bigger, bigger races. I think he spun out one year leading the show with, like, 20 to go. Just, uh, he's had a lot of issues, but, like, people sleep on a guy. When they win what, the way he won, you know, in 2011 to 2014, he's going to be in normal again. He's good, but dominating. And Jimmy Owens didn't forget how to drive. The guy's been doing it for a long time. And, you know, Shep's obviously uh, been at the top. Uh, two or three years, him and JD, arguably, and uh, I don't know. It's it's weird the way racing is, man. He's on a hot streak, and you know, this week forward, the next two months could be miserable for him. So I I, I don't know, but I'd say a bet man would say yes. Shep and Owens will definitely duke it out at uh, you know, the rest of the races for the end of the year. Especially we're getting in the swing where Jimmy runs pretty good. You know, you go Wheatland, Florence, places like that. So I uh, I I'd, I'd expect to see them two up front at every crown jewel we go to without a doubt um but that's that's just the thing with racing man it it's so up and down and uh you can you can be on top and then when it's not your time it don't matter what you do you just can't do nothing right and i think jimmy's had so much of that in the last three or four years that um he's getting it all back uh this year and you know that's good for him that's the way the way it should be uh you put in the work and you know you're that good and everything's working your way you're i mean you're gonna win a lot of races did you cry on friday afternoon like i did Friday afternoon? Or Thursday afternoon. When? When I won? No, when they canceled the Prairie Dirt. Or postponed oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yes, I cried. I was Actually, I cried tears of joy. There's a flip side to this. I love Fairbury. I, I'm going to win a race there without a doubt. I just, uh, I've never finished a feature there. If anyone's ever Andy Savory, fast. I've, I've always run good. I feel like I've been in contention. I can see the leaders. I've been in the lead in a free lamb or whatever. Just broke, flat tires, crushed the wheel, flipped sideways in a non-qualifier because I had a bent tire out the night before on the pole of the, you know, just silliness. And they scheduled a 25000 at Kokomo. And in the last 50 years, the last national touring event at Kokomo or whatever, um, I, I know the guy that won, and I, I'm definitely not complaining. Kokomo is a badass racetrack, and my track record's a lot better at Kokomo than it is Fairbury right now. So I cried tears of anger at Fairbury, but also tears of joy because we get to go to Kokomo for a big money show. Yeah, it'll be a great event. I will still be there having the weekend off camping all weekend, Turbo. So I'll still be in uh, my Prairie Dirt Classic form. So don't worry about that. Hopefully we can celebrate like it's Prairie Dirt Classic after Saturday. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Well, Turbo, good luck this weekend at Florence, y'all. I think you're going to put on a show. We're going to get that second place outright. We're going to. Past JD, no offense to JD, but you know, this is a pro Tyler podcast. Good luck this weekend, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the cushions can big and, uh, you know, it'll give us a chance to keep up with Jimmy. And stay hydrated. <laughs> Always. Lots of water.